Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of the Future Tech podcast series. It's me, Charlie Sell, the Group MD of Arrows Group, where I interview thought leaders, tech experts, people within the technology world to find out a bit about their story, have an open discussion about things they're interested in relevant to today's world and that all-important career advice at the end. So I'm really pleased to have Martin Rushton with me today. Martin is the CTO of Wonders of Maths. Wonders of Maths is uh, one of the UK's leading um, education technology platforms. Um, and, and for what they do, it's, it's quite inspiring when we hear about how they're trying to connect and support people. So without further ado, Martin, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Let's let's jump straight in and tell us a bit about your story. How did you get into technology and, and, and become CTO of Wonders of Mass? Yeah, well, it's quite a long story, I guess, like most are. So um, I guess if we start at the beginning, you know, I come from a, a working a working class village in, in Yorkshire um, and I come from quite a big family. And like the one thing that was always drilled into us was education is the most important thing. Um, and that was very sort of rare in that sort of area. So uh, when I finished school, I went off to college. And I think of my school, there was only sort of five or six of us that year who went out to college. And then of those who finished that college, there was only sort of three or four of us who went off to university. So it's not sort of, there's not that many people who actually leave that village, you know, going back there to visit family, it's still very much the same set of people who were there when, when I was younger. Um, so yeah, so that was always drilled into me by by my dad, though. It was always, you know, you're going to go to university. What do you want to study? Um, and I actually wanted to study uh, aerospace engineering because I like the idea of building rockets all day, like most children do. Uh, but I just wasn't really clever enough for that. I didn't get the grades in physics. I, uh, I didn't pay enough attention in class. And it just so happened that I kind of was okay with computers. So that's how I, I chose to go to university to do computer science. Um, like a lot of people, I guess, I really struggled. I considered dropping out two or three times during the first year. And then I met the guy who is now, you know, 10 plus years later, still my best friend. And he was very good. He was like one of the best people on the course. And I kind of rode his coattails for the next year or so. And like, he was teaching me almost everything I needed to know about computers outside of uni. Um, and that kind of spurned one of these sort of like lifelong friendships of, like we went through that together, we banded together and, and we managed to make it through university together. Um, again, due to the education, I decided to go off and do a master's and six months into the master's, it was an AI master's. Again, I was really struggling and I was like, you know what, I, I just don't want to do this anymore. Um, and yeah, that, that friend, that same friend was working at a company and he said, hey, look, we're hiring for front end engineers. Why don't you come and come and work with us? Um, and that's sort of where I got started in, in like my tech journey. So there was a company based down in Watford. We were living up in Nottingham at the time. Um, and the two of us were working out of our sort of, we were living together and working out of our spare bedroom fully remotely. Uh, you know, so much so that you, we had to share a desk. You couldn't really get two desks in the room. We had to take the door off the hinges just to be able to get the desk in the room. Like it was really sort of almost like what you hear about Silicon Valley startups 10 years ago. Um, or well, close to 30 or 40 years ago maybe um and then yeah we did that for six months and then got on each other's nerves far too much we decided to move house we decided both to leave that company and go out and try and work 
in other places. And, and that's sort of where my career actually kicked off, I would say. That first job was just sort of getting into the industry, learning a little bit about all that stuff university doesn't teach you, you know, how much tax the government take off you and things like that. And then, um, yeah, I went and worked for Experian, who, you know, big global company and was there for about six months. I was working as a junior dev under eight or nine contractors. So uh, they were all really experienced people in the field, people who were there because they were the best of the best. And I spent that six months just absorbing all of that knowledge, absorbing everything I possibly could. And yeah, in that time, I, I became a little bit devoted to React. Like it was still new on the scene at that stage. Not many companies was using it. Um, but these contractors were trying to get experience to use it. They were trying to bring it in. And that was my first exposure to it. And, and I kind of fell in love straight away. Um, and that, yeah, that was sort of like where I became the dev I am now. I would say, um, and then very, yeah, very quickly after that sort of six months was over, a lot of those contractors were coming to the end of their contracts and they were leaving. Experian were rebuilding all their teams and rejigging everything. And I decided, you know what, I can go and take this React skill and I can go and go and make some money off it. So I became a, a consultant for a little while and my speciality for probably three or four years at that stage was to go into businesses who were trying to move away from old technology stacks and move into the react world so going in helping train those people um helping sort of teach react and teach the best practices and everything i'd learned off of these um these industry leaders at, at Experian. And I, I made a little bit of my name, for, a name for myself around the Nottingham or around the Midlands area doing that. Um, obviously learned a lot. And, and the big the big thing I learned then was that people are what make technology businesses really. You know, you can use whatever tech you like, but if you've got a dedicated set of people who are friends, who are willing to sort of band together to um, to make the product work, to make the company work, then, then a company can go quite far. Um, and, I, and, I, and that took me around the world. I went out and lived in Sweden for a couple of years working for an electric car company out there. And then my now wife was not really enjoying Sweden that much. So she said, hey, can we move back to the UK? So I, I, we moved back here and, and that's kind of how I ended up at Wonders of Maths. I, I knew what I wanted to be. I knew I wanted to be a leader. I've never been very good at taking instructions from people. I've never been very good at having bosses. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, I, I've got the experience now. I, I want to become a like a tech lead, a CTO, um, and yeah, and and, and Wonders of Maths was was a, a great place to do that. When I joined, we were kind of not tech enabled. There was three members of staff. They'd had some tech built by um, an external agency, which was kind of doing the job to prove the technology was going to work. Um, and I was brought on to, to obviously try to grow the team, to build it, to do some fundraising and all that good fun stuff. Um, and now a little over a year later, we have a team of nine. You know, we've got two, two really solid devs. We've got a, a data scientist, a really nice little product team. Um, and we sort of building in that sort of no bosses way based off of my dislike for boss. It's very much like everybody is empowered. Everybody helps each other, you know, although we have line managers and there's, you know, you have to tell who you, a certain person who you're going to be off, if you're going to be off sick that day or something. Um, generally, you know, people choose what they want to work on. They, they, and products are built from the ground up rather than somebody at the top dictating how, how we build what we do. Um, and yeah, and 
throughout a lot of my career, there's been this sort of underlying theme of of people and especially young people trying to get them into the business. You know, if we looked at our average age of our business right now, if, if we stripped out our CEO, who probably adds 20 years to the average age, uh, you know, we, it's, it's mid twenties. Like we've got a lot of people who are fresh out of uni, first job, second job out of uni. Um, and, and they bring a level of passion. I find that you get in, uh, you don't really get in people who have been sort of, made cynical by the industry over the last 10, 20 years. So yeah, that's kind of how I got to where we are now. And yeah, like, as you said, we, we grow in as a, as a tech business, we, we doing another funding round soon and, and things are going really well for us. Yeah. Uh, well, what, what a story. And thank you for the openness as well. You know, like, like you said at the beginning through, through college and, and university, you know, it doesn't always have to go smoothly to, you know, and most people who say that it's a smooth journey might not always be be honest to themselves because I, I I went through I experienced the exact same as you. I studied accounting and economics, and there was multiple times I wondered whether I was right for it or whether I was enjoying it. But but that persistence helps, and if you've got a friendship group around you that supports you, you you know it's one of the main points I think of uni anyway of building friendship of, of learning how to how to really build and understand people and. I think as what you just said, and maybe that's a really nice thing for us to focus on, um, that, that tech businesses aren't just built on tech, it's actually the people and tech, and then you're going to go far. Um, and I love your bossless approach as well. <laughs> I think that, that's quite disruptive in the, in the common world. So, so what is, you know, talk a bit more about that. When, you know, when you're thinking about, about how to get the best out of teams and, and what's important in growing a tech business, what else comes to mind in terms of leadership or or approach? Yeah, so um, for me, the grow, growing people, as I say, is is the main thing. So everyone, not only at ones of maths, but at my previous jobs, we I make sure to outline exactly what I expect from from each person. You know, we have a, a growth framework. So you know, you are currently a junior developer. To become a midweight developer, you need to be able to have this set of skills, you need to have this set of interpersonal and soft skills, and you need to be doing these things, certain things on a daily basis. So that is certain things like, you know, writing good quality code, but it's also things like um, able to um, settle, you know, mediate disputes and things like that. That's not something that I want a boss doing, that's something I want the team interpersonally doing. And we focus quite a lot at being ed tech, we understand that education is super important. So um, anyone who starts with us, they're given a full knowledge of, you know, any training you want, any conferences, anything, any books, you know, let us know and we'll do our best to sort that out. Certain limitations apply, of course, but, um, and let, let the people grow themselves. Cause I, I think most people, although a lot of people including myself might say, I don't know where I'm gonna be in five or 10 years. They, they actually have a rough idea of what their, their sort of future lies. and. I can tell you how my future, my past went, and I can try and make that a cookie cook cutter for any other dev. But in reality, you know, they're going to know whether they want to go into engineering management or development, and they know what set of skills that they're going to want, or at least they know roughly where they're going to go. So I can help them understand those set of skills, and that that goes across the board. You know, my my designer at the moment, as I said, she's pretty. Um, pretty new into the industry and it's really interesting you can see because 
designed such a, a visual thing. You can see over the last year the progression of her designs as she's changed opinions, as she grow, as she's grown as a person, as she's understood the world around her. You know, things like accessibility has become a lot more important after we've used our sites and people haven't been able to um, use it because they're not accessible and things like that. So yeah, it's very much about letting people sort of grow themselves with support of the people around them a lot of the time for me. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I, I think that your, your growth framework, which is such a nicer way of looking at it rather than the, the old school career frameworks or what have you, because it is about having that growth mindset. And, uh, you know, what, what's nice is that the soft skills are as important as the technical skills and, and being able to handle disputes, and um, which I think has been a change over the last 10, 20 years, hasn't it? Where the, the perception of old was that engineers are, uh, you know, if they write good quality code, that's that's their career path. But it's so much more now, isn't it? It's uh, the yeah, it it is, and and it's one of the great things about more and more minorities coming into the field as well, right? You know, if you look twenty years ago. You have a bunch of guys, you know, white bearded guys like me who like to sit in dark rooms and play video games on their off time. Um, and, you know, people, it's, it's uh, neurodiversity, I think is the term that is generally used. Um, and bringing in people from different backgrounds, from um, different areas of the world, you see in this sort of understanding of what a developer is grow and understanding of how a developer should act. You know, when I, when I, even when I first started out, it was, if you're not coding on your weekends, then you're not going to be a good developer. Whereas in reality, we now know 10 years later that coding on the weekends can often be disruptive because your brain needs time to relax. Mm. Um, so yeah, like that understanding of what a developer is and what, especially in a world, what we go going towards where it's more and more remote. You know, my wife makes me go for a walk most days because that walk can just 10 minutes make me so much happier. And that, that just, comes from being remote that 10 years ago in the office or even two years ago in full-time in an office you wouldn't think about yeah yeah again I I, I totally agree with you and, and that that mental health part of working remote and 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 how to make sure your brain does have time to relax and and yeah the the I call it a work-life blend not a work-life balance where where you've got to be able to to do everything rather than just just have a start and a switch on and off and, and not really have a chance to recharge yeah 100% and I mean it's one of the, the things that every business has been struggling with over the last two years right like how how do we get the best out of our staff and also keep them happy you know we just so happened to go on a on a bit of a, a couple of days away as a team a few weeks ago and I think everybody said the best part of the, that two days was the one hour and an evening where we all played board games so what we've done now is we every Friday at lunchtime we host a bit of a board game club yeah. it's over zoom and people join if they want to and it gives you that chance to build as a team have some fun relax from work and you kind of you it takes away that perception that every time I get on a zoom call I'm going to have hard discussions or I'm going to have yeah. work focused discussions and you can have be a bit have a bit more fun you can be a, a strong team that way uh, you don't have to do it over a you know a beer on a Friday night which was the classic way you would do it a couple of years ago right yeah yeah again what, what, a, what a great idea so Let's talk about the, the one or two bits of advice then for our STEM listeners. And, and as you said, your team being in their mid-20s, a, a number of them have probably only recently left uni. What, what do you look for and what advice would you give people um, trying to get a foot in the door? Yeah, I mean, 
the first bit of advice that I would always give is people don't stay in jobs forever anymore. You know, when you look at my grandparents, you know, my granddad had one job. I mean, not including the wars that happened around him, but he had one job and he started that job when he was 18 and he left it when he was 50, right? And that's not the way that the world looks at, at people anymore. You know, in tech, it's gen generally... Um, you know, a couple of years is what people will stay in a business. So if you're just trying to get your foot in the door, you know, you see a lot of graduates applying to the likes of Google and Facebook and, and the fan companies, which is fantastic that they have such good graduate programs. But don't get discouraged that you don't get into Google when you're 18 or when you, it's your first job, you know, go and get some experience elsewhere. It might not be what you want to be doing in 10 years. But after you've got a couple of years experience, that every door will open around you you know at the moment every company wants tech enabled people um so if you can get that you know one two years experience then they'll start knocking on your door you know you'll start getting recruiter emails from amazon and the likes of that you know on a weekly basis because they're always after tech enabled people so yeah if, you, if you're trying to get in early you know look for something that you're going to enjoy but you know, don't fret that it has to be the job you're going to be in forever, you know, focus on getting that experience and absorbing all of the information around you. Brilliant. And yeah, I guess, I guess the second piece of career advice is definitely on that absorption. You know, I have a placement student with me at the moment um, and the days I sort of sit in the office with him are exhausting because he asks me a barrage of questions about everything. He wants to understand, you know, how fundraising works. He wants to understand my, my dev past, what, what tools I use, why we use those tools. Um, and in the sort of six, seven months with us, he has become as strong as some midweight devs I, I've worked with in the past, just because he has this real passion just for understanding the industry around him. And like that is what, you know, when we look for a new placement student in the coming summer, that is one of the things we're going to be looking for. That level of curiosity um, really helps developers drive forward, in my opinion. And, and again, that, that is such a good point because that absorption and, and, and natural curiosity you know, is, is one of the true ways of really being able to learn and, 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 and grow, isn't it? It's uh, um, not everything can be read in a textbook either. It's, it's that confidence to be able to ask pe people the questions. Yeah, the, the asking people questions is, is one of the core skills of being a, being a developer. I've been in a lot of industries these days, actually, you know, we've had developers with us that, that haven't ended up working out because, they're so proud that they don't they don't want to ask oh i should be able to figure this out myself and they, again we we sort of have this rules of or i have the rules at least of you know go and try and solve it yourself go and try to do some reading watch some videos you know we don't put too much time pressure on tasks being finished but understand when that task is starting to take a little bit too much time you know yeah. be able to identify look i'm just not finding the answers or the answers i'm finding i don't understand them and let's go and ask somebody let's go and ask you know a colleague and if that colleague doesn't know you know there's a million slack and discord communities out there that help you know it's it's a real thing at the moment the sort of solidarity of developers coming together is getting stronger and stronger yeah. so you can always find someone no matter whether you're you know senior and you've got no one more senior to go or whether you're a junior and you're just trying to get in the door but yeah holding it in and not asking questions is quite destructive and quite disruptive to teams a lot of the time um people think they're doing you a favor by doing it and it's it's one of the things that's really hard to teach people. It's something they have to sort of realise themselves. Yeah, yeah, gosh, I, and again, totally agree with you. So look, that's that's our podcast coming up. That what what great advice and your and your career history 
your, your clear passion of um, uh, people in technology. And, and I'm going to really remember the bossless approach to management. You know, that's that's the I think that's something I'm going to now coin and phrase because um, that, that really resonates. Um, and, and to all of our listeners, um, that's another episode of our Future Tech podcast. So the podcast is posted on the Arrows podcasts, um, arrowsgroup.com forward slash podcast. And it's also on the 36 university career portals, along with our Spotify channel. So, Martin, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Thanks very much for having me. And to all our listeners, that is um, another episode of Future Tech.